Tim C. Taylor, and I am an author. I'm now about to start work on my 20th published novel, and I write science fiction, space opera, and military science fiction. Uh, my Probably my successful uh, series I've written is The Human Legion. This is a continuing episode of the Tim C. Taylor series. If you want to catch the first episode, go to the show archive and look for episode 114. What do you study or read to prepare for writing a Human Legion novel? To some degree, it's whatever I happen to be enjoying reading at the point in time. And I, I said, well... For some strange reason, I've been reading a little bit about politics and economics. So I'm not going to go out and write a book about economics, because I don't think my readers would really thank me for that. But some of that, it's just nudged a slightly different way of looking at the world, and some of that will come out. Even if I can't quite put my finger on what that is, I like to read widely and, and do things a little bit differently, because it, it does come through. But otherwise, I do try and give a different feel, really, for every book, and I will research. So... I did uh, my first novel in the Four Horsemen series was called The Midnight Sun. And the mechs that I talked about, they were effectively sort of shot down in an, on an enemy planet, if, if you can put it that way. Uh, and there was a lot of mud and slime and it wasn't a very nice place to be. So I read some accounts of people who were shot down in Vietnam and caught behind enemy lines. And the stay behind parties left in Burma in advance of the Japanese invasion there. And a lot of talk about insects and being unwell and diseases and uh, slime and mud and damp and all sorts of stuff. And it just sort of, just pick a few bits and pieces of the field from that and that applied it to my The Midnight Sun. And I did actually get a few comments about precisely that. Or it felt like it was really there. It felt horrible. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> yes, very good. Nice. Yeah, no, I love that. You're really leveraging a lot of, uh, of the experience of our co- own culture or, you know, and uh, recreating uh, something fresh with it. That's, that's really cool. The world is so rich in, in, in historical experiences. If you learn how to tap that, uh, you can really uh, craft something new again. And, 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 you're, and you're probably reading things that normal people don't read, uh, you know, and, and you're putting it into a, in a commercial context where more people will read it. What gets you excited to write Human Legion? What gets me excited to, to certainly keep going uh, was uh, the feedback from the readers. It's something that never goes stale when you get people who write to you out the blue, you've made no contact with them, and said, I've just read you know, the, the last first five books, and it reminds me of this, and it, it's really important to me, and it's just surprising how much it can touch people. I mean, most people, to be fair, never actually have any contact with them. Every now and again, I get people just 
out the blue and you also get the fans who are, are always uh, chiving me on and it it really does make a big difference it, it it tells you that people care and they want the next installment and they really want to know what what's going to happen next which of course is is the same for me although i have in many cases the very rough outline of where things were going i know very little about the detail and as i write the books uh, i learn a lot about the characters and they they do tell me what they want to do and they don't always fit in the way i originally planned for them to do so so i'm in many ways learning the uh, the adventure and following as much as the readers are To take a step back and, and talk about the you're from you're from the UK. Uh, I'm from the states. How do you see that UK sci-fi is different from American sci-fi? I find it difficult to put a finger uh, on exactly what that is. Uh, I, I would say if you look at the uh, the sort of the range of perspectives for American people and for British, there's a lot of overlap, but there's also differences. So I think my my range of lived experiences will probably statistically average be slightly different to you just because of where I come from and uh, even if I can't say what that means in terms of the the the, the, the words I write I think that different perspective will, will come across which I think is a, is a good thing and I think one of the things that's happened in science fiction over the last decade or so is a much greater variety of people from different backgrounds and different perspectives and different origins uh, are writing and I think that is immensely to the strength of science fiction because it brings different perspectives. I mean, other than that, I think I think the differences are becoming less extreme, particularly with the rise of independent publishing. I think in the, the world of more traditional publishers, I, I think there is something of a choke point. Perhaps there are more variety of uh, the people who are the editors and the publishers, I think there's more variety of them in America, simply probably because it's a bigger place and there's more people involved, and I think, in, in the UK. And I know a lot of these people, and they're, they're, they're good people and they're very intelligent, but I think there's perhaps a too narrow range of background to the people. Uh, in traditional publishing in the UK and it shows and it's really just a matter of the size of the industry here. Now let's be judgmental. Let's talk about uh, space opera as a genre. For you, what's the test for whether something's space opera or not? If I think it's space opera, then it is. It's, uh, <laughs> I know it when I sit, and usually when I sit, it's got a spaceship. Um, but it's 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 scaled. It's it's something's big. It could be big characters, big ideas. It doesn't have to be big empires. That, that often seems to obsess people as if who are talking about space opera as if that's a necessary thing. And I don't think that is at all. Somebody said recently that space opera is epic fantasy in space. Uh, I'm really still processing that one. I think that that probably has a, a, a fair description of a lot of it, and it's just got that sense of scale. It's a big, big place of big ideas, and uh, for me, that's that's the distinction between... I mean, military science fiction, for example, we talked about it. Some of it has an overlap. It's military science fiction, and it's also space opera. But there's also military science fiction I, I read and enjoy that is not space opera, because it's much more constrained in its perspective. To give an example, a friend I worked with once wrote a book called Crow, Combat Replacement of War, and it was quite 
narrow in its perspective. It was written by somebody, he was a platoon sergeant in the British Army, and he was writing it in Afghanistan, and it's a lot of it was autobiographical. And most of the time, he doesn't know what's happening outside of his platoon or outside of his squad. Uh, when he, they're fighting in the tunnels, they don't know what's going on at all. It's all completely confused. And then the ceasefire order comes, and they don't really know why. They don't know the big picture. They never do. Well, perhaps in a later book, they, they sort of try and work it out. But that works well as military science fiction, but it is not space opera. There's small number of locations, narrow perspective, very close environment. Yeah, I see. I see. So that's a distinction between military SF and, and, and space opera or maybe military space opera. That makes sense to me. So, yeah, sort of the strategic versus the has strategic. See, opera has strategic for sure and some tactical or maybe military SF might be all tactical. However you found Sci-Fi Thoughts, be it iTunes, Stitcher, or any of the other podcast aggregation services, if you've enjoyed the show, go ahead and do us a favor. Go to wherever you get this podcast and leave us a review, even clicking a few stars. And this will help out the show in many ways. Next episode, more Tim C. Taylor. I, when I started writing books, I found that writing software projects and writing books was very similar. In fact, it's interesting people from a software background uh, coming into a writing background have put in terminology that's become very common, things like writing sprints. So uh, I will do things. It doesn't mean quite what I was talking about when uh, I was... Um, <laughs> writing coding sprints but what they mean is we've got a, a small amount of uh, we want to progress what i'm doing to this next point and i'm just going to work on this this thing in a short enclosed space of time and i'm just going to move to there and then i'm going to see where i am at that point although often it just means we're going to write really 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 quickly all together and then and try and uh, encourage each other to have the, the, the largest word count. That's what it tends to come down to, but not always. But it's interesting that the software terminology comes through into um, into writing books.